Yeah. Uh, what grinds, what grinds your gears? I like yeah. that. What grinds Grinding. your gears? Yeah. That's like an episode of Family Guy. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> that really grinds my gears. Cool. So is that our opening? Yeah. Okay. Cool. What grinds my gears? What grinds your gears? On any given day. I'll tell you what grinds my gears today. Okay. People picking the wrong turbo grinds my gears because they bring you something with hopes and dreams and then I get to smash it. And it's just demoralizing. You get to the dyno and it's like, oh, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. This is not going to be fun. This is not going to be great. It's just going to be okay. And we're not in the business of okay. We're in the business of great and excellent. And I want everything to be great and excellent. And when you've got random car that's got X displacement and there's this tiny little turbo that they could have done so much more for the money, for the exact same money, but they didn't actually ask anyone. They just picked a turbo. I got a turbo and it's great. My friend has X. Oh my God. My friend has X and I read this on the internet and like you say internet one more time. The guys online say that thing should make 350 horsepower. Right. And you know, then you're like, but it's and no, it's just no. I bought this turbo because it was comparable to a turbo that I saw in Nauseoc. The post was 2008, but I bought that turbo anyway. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like, can I have random Brand X turbo? I'm like, Brand X doesn't even exist anymore. Like, yeah. you, you can't get a Cavalli Stage 3. I don't, where did you come up with this? Yeah. Has somebody on Facebook said so? There's. Those only existed for a few years. Right, it's just random stuff. Could you imagine if people took like medical advice the same way they take advice about their cars? <laughs> they, well, they, they do. What MD exists? For real, man. Like the, the thing is, is that people don't legit go to the doctor and schedule like a surgery. You know, they go have an exam done first. Yeah. That, yeah. There's there 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 there's such a. You know, there's such an industry around making sure that, you know, people, you can't possibly schedule something that crazy, right? Yeah. So you have like, to find so the like, right crackpot to do it. And and if these people keep shopping around, they're going to find the right crackpot tuner to manipulate the numbers to shut them up and make them happy. And then they're like, why did I get my ass kicked by the car that has 250 horsepower? Well, yeah, because you've been there's two possibilities there. My car's slow. Mm-hmm. Right. That's Even the first one. it says it makes lots of power. Or you suck at driving. That's the second one. <laughs> and you know we just need to be honest about that sometimes it's they don't drive themselves despite us thinking they do yeah wait or so you're, you're saying you should plan your build yeah <laughs> crazy plan right? your build about how you're going to use your build yeah oh, ah, that doesn't make any sense at all it's challenging like we get these emails literally it says more horsepower and I'm like okay thanks for the info yeah, we would some, all like that. Sometimes people forget that four 200-pound human beings equals 800 pounds in their rice right? box car. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, you're going to put Michael in a car and me in the exact same car? Yeah, he's going to kick my ass for a moment. And then, you know, because I can outshift him, I'll eventually catch up to him. But That's fair. You know, it's right off the line. He's probably going to kick my ass. and That's just life because I like cheeseburgers and I don't never really seen him eat it's yeah like when you go go-karting <laughs> like yeah, yeah and and then well, you get the, you know, the, skin, the skinny guy fucking always wins the or skinny the guy who can turn girl yeah yeah that's what we were i've been embarrassed <laughs> like that yeah makes you not want to go go-karting no <laughs> sid kicks my ass at the go-kart track sometimes fucking can too. you even fit in a go-kart dude my like, back I, is like bruised <laughs> <laughs> legs out the side 
those you plastic look, you, chairs. And you look like a fucking clown in one of those things. I know. Like fucking knees out by the steering wheel, right? You know, and They're the my thing own airbags. About, <laughs> the thing sometimes about people bringing us a car that's not set up right is it, it's not always, a lot of times it's about money. Right? Yeah. And, and, and they source these things trying to save money and then you know and then <coughs> at the end they just don't get what it is that they wanted mm-hmm. but sometimes it's not even about that sometimes you know we, we, we get cars in here that people have spent a considerable amount of money and it's obvious that they've done a lot of research unfortunately they've just done all of the wrong research and mm-hmm. you know they bring us something and it's you know obviously clearly not right it's just not the right setup and sometimes we read the emails, yeah. right, where somebody gives us their mod list ahead of the car coming here where you're building a base map for it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just we're in a difficult position of, you know, having to let somebody know that it's just not going to it's not going to be what you think it's going to be mm-hmm. based on what it is. It's kind of like it's kind of like, hey, man, I like, you know, truffle oil. Right. I think I want to cook and put something with truffle oil in it. You know, I also like ice cream. And, you know, I'm going to try to combine these two things because I like both of them. And I hear really good thing about truffle oil and I hear really good things about ice cream. But when you put the two things together, they're never going to be they're never going to work well. Yeah. And sometimes it's really just that basic with modifications to a car. You know, this turbo just is not going to go with this engine. And it's not definitely not going to go with this engine with the with the rest of your supporting mods. Mm-hmm. Or you're like, hey, those fuel injectors you just bought are going to be maxed out at wastegate boost. Yep. Right. There, it's once a week where Paul's reading an email that he has to write a base map for, or somebody wants to do something, and he goes, "What the fuck are these injectors?" Yeah, it's like, going <laughs> to run out of fuel on the way here. Yeah, because uh, the, the turbo is just way too big for the injectors, or they. Nobody here wants to be that person, and being that guy isn't fun. And it's hard to convince customers that we're not out to get their money. We're legitimately making recommendations based on experience mm-hmm. and knowledge of what they're building. And try to advise them that, hey, we really recommend not doing what you're thinking or what you've already done. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, I just want everybody out there to know, please talk to us. That's yeah. the starting point. Like, we're not mean. We're not that's hiding start, anything. That's the starting point is to is to consult us. You know, um, it, 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 there's that there's that Facebook meme where there's the three doors and the above one door. You know, it says you know basically the, the gist of the meme is somebody's about ready to make modifications to the car. How should I go about this? And I think over door one it says something along the lines of ask a bunch of random people on Facebook, <laughs> go shopping on eBay, and then the last ones you know ask your tuner. And, you know, it's door A, just there's a guy just kicking the door wide open, you know, ask yeah. a bunch of random people on the internet, right? And, and sometimes you try to figure out how could somebody come to up with that, come to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not even on a big build. Sometimes, no. sometimes somebody sends you an email about a European car that they've got some exhaust parts coming from eBay, but they realize that the gaskets are no good. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of click on the link, and you're like, "Really?" Yeah, it's <laughs> the rest of it's no good. Yeah, no, no, I mean, why stop at yeah. the gaskets, the, man? Yeah, like talking to other people hugely valuable. I don't go to other people for their technical knowledge on things that they themselves haven't mastered. But if I want to go ask other people what their experience was, or how something was in 
those aspects, absolutely. Yeah. Totally valid. The conversation where you get from like asking somebody what they thought of a movie or asking somebody what they thought of the dinner they had at, you know, X restaurant yeah. is completely different when there's something, you know, technical involved. Yeah, right? I don't ask how to produce the movie. Right. We're not, yeah. and we're not asking, you know, did you figure out how to cook that meal? Exactly. And, and, that, and they're also not asking that either, asking what you thought of that. And, and, and sometimes, you know, people are, they're, they're cooking with a recipe that's just not going to yield anything that tastes good. Yeah. Um, and then that's just the analogy that I have for it. Right. And, mm-hmm. and but you know, a classically trained, you know, trained chef is going to produce even, you know, a basic cheeseburger that's going to taste way better than you doing, you know, something if, if research leads you the wrong direction. Yeah, because he's going to use truffle oil, not right. ice cream. Are you watching MasterChef? Because I just saw somebody really screw the pooch with truffle oil. On <laughs> no, you know what? It, actually, you know what happened, man? Is I was cooking it's as you guys ice cream and truffle oil. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. It wasn't at that level. But I did actually ruin a meal by trying a little bit of truffle oil, and it should have actually worked, but it just didn't. It mm-hmm. just it was it was just not. You guys know I like to cook, and so I I didn't ruin it. Ruin it. I just had to change it a whole bunch. The sauce I was making yeah. because of this little ingredient I put in, and it just it's the same thing with cars. It's just yeah. one thing, yep. one 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 ingredient in the build recipe can completely change you know the outcome, and 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 it's going to make it undesirable. Um, oh, I have a gear grinder. What? Parts that fit like shit. Yeah. <laughs> Not all parts are the same. They might serve a similar function, but the quality varies drastically. And tolerances, dimensions. You know, yeah. these, the, you've got a part that's meant to replace an OEM part. Well, there's there's variance. There's tolerance there. And then you add another part on top of it and another mm-hmm. part on top of it. And by the time you've stacked all these tolerances together, you've got uh, an inch out of place at the other end of the exhaust system and it's hitting the differential like <laughs> yep. that's not our fault <clears throat> we pick parts that work together it, it, to prevent that it could mm-hmm. be something as little as using double thick gaskets when not necessary mm-hmm. you know and those tolerances stack up how about people buying parts just because they look cool I'm okay with that <laughs> I feel like we had this conversation this morning. <laughs> I am actually okay with that too. I, I, I think that you know, if you're a car enthusiast, you know, making a car look cool, even though the car doesn't have any function, I think that's okay. It was about underglow. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a couple days ago. Yeah. I have underglow. I just thought, or I just remembered of a dude I knew. He put on a Gretty intake manifold and was like a legit one and all this stuff and and he was like so excited and the car had such a lack of low end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was just like, oh. And Paul I had and I, told him, I was like, dude, you're gonna lose all your low end. That Paul and that manifold. We're talking about that today too about yeah. how it just you know you just go way back to just putting you know big tube headers on a car you know. You completely change it and you know you go for a test drive you're actually going to be legitimately bummed if that's all you've done is big two headers right I mean, that's, <laughs> that's you know the you know, port design uh the plenum you know plenum chamber yep. and all of those things go into how the car will perform you know obviously a smaller <coughs> port diameter and chamber is going to be re- more responsive than a big chamber that requires more <coughs> volume of air to fill and pressurize Really good example. So I'm building out the plan for this 
thousand plus horsepower Challenger, and we're getting new head castings made out of a different material, so they're stronger for more clamp load, and they're CNC ported. They offer several different port designs, and they have several different valve sizes, and you know if you're blindly going into this you're going yeah fuck yeah biggest ports biggest valves and that's not the answer <laughs> yeah maybe that's the answer if you're building a 448 but if you're building a 426 for boost with x cam that we spec'd out we didn't go that way we went back two sizes in valves they're still oversized but they're not that big because we're worried about port velocity we yeah. have a certain port design like you can't just pick the biggest of whatever just because it's, it must be well, better. It's like if the it's car bigger. we tuned the other day that had a four inch downpipe on it. Yeah, it's like, what's like the it, point? You just made things fit crappier mm-hmm. on your stock turbo. Those, those were only around for a few years as well. Yep. <laughs> well, so, two things. So, back to the Challenger, like you spec'd out something that's going to be capable of producing a thousand horsepower. But the key thing is, it's going to be it's going to be capable of producing a thousand horsepower time and time and time again. Yeah, it's going to be as reliable as you can make a performance engine be, right? Yeah. It, where you know you hear a lot of people, why are you doing all of that? You, you know that that car in question. There was a there was a post I saw. Anyways, um, the, you know the the reality. <laughs> I too saw that post. Well, the reality of it is, is that yeah, you know you can you could buy a Hellcat and you can do a pulley and you can do a tune. And you can do a few other modifications, such as you know larger injectors, and you you can obtain pretty close to that you know power levels. But yeah. the, the difference is is that it's not going to last very long. Like mm-hmm. if you take a stock Hellcat, it's going to last at those power levels for quite a while. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to deliver that type of reliability and quality and experience just at a higher horsepower level mm-hmm. and you're just not going to do that by just you know working around the edges and not you know not doing it cor- not doing it right the, yeah. the stock Hellcat engine is just not going to hold up to a thousand horsepower no. for a really long period not, of time not forever it's that's, just not going that's, to that's, that's, those are the budget builders that you know they're like oh but you could just put a few grand in this and get the same exact result it's it's the it's, it's the time. it's the WRX FA argument you know it's the yeah. I didn't buy the STI because I can buy the FA make and, it as and, fast. and make yeah. it as fast with a J pipe and a tune right and the reality of it is is that theoretically yeah you might get some numbers that are close but the car's not going to drive the same it's just the power comes on completely differently mm-hmm. everything's geared differently it's a it's a completely different platform it's, it's just not the same sucks. it looks yeah, the same sucks. but it's very well, very, it's different. very different the, the challenger is a perfect example it's not a Hellcat. We're not building a Hellcat. No, we're, we're building a Hellcat killer. <clears throat> well, even better, even it's better a four twenty six. You know what? This is it. Actually, it's so funny. Is is that you know, history kind of repeats itself. So what we're actually this argument that we're having, it's between like in nineteen seventy when you could buy an LS six Chevelle and spend all that extra money, but that car was like legit one of you know at the yeah. time it was it was the muscle car to have, right? Mm-hmm. You could buy an. LS5 or you could buy an LS4 for considerably less money and then you know later on down the road when that engine gave you some trouble you could build it mm-hmm. and it would have all you could build it to be an LS6 killer it's completely doable and that's just kind of yeah. what we're doing again now it's just it, as history repeats itself it's 
hey, this challenger's down. What do we want to do with it? Well, it's you know he wants he wants to build it, and it's not about what else you could do. It's about that car and what we're going to do to that car to yep. build it to make it you know you know a really legitimate yeah. badass. Can't car. can't go back in time and buy a different car. No, he's already bought the car. Yeah, like, he's had multiple he loves times that car. That he yeah. could buy a Hellcat. Yeah, he doesn't want one. I think yeah. uh, insurance might be a consideration as well. Well, yeah, well it absolutely is. <laughs> sure, but like yeah. look at the cards. You know, but it's set up the way you can't get that. Wants you, know, it. you can't get that color anymore. Oh. That's, that's, so I mean, that's yeah. that's a legit thing. You know, as things yep. change, if you like the mm -hmm. color, that's why you bought it, and you're not mm -hmm. getting that color. You know, because they, you know, that's one of the reasons that they, you know, d delete colors and bring new ones out is to, you know, try to en enhance it. You know, unless it's World Rally Blue. Any, yeah. <laughs> anyone that's advocating, anyone that's advocating for him, that he should not do what we're building him, and just buy a Hellcat is short-sighted they're not yeah. looking at the whole thing yeah. they're not looking at the fact that people buy hellcats and do exactly what the fuck we're building right. that or they're they, just uninformed you know they take a hellcat 6-2 and they're like oh cool i'm gonna do a 426 with heads with everything else what you just said or they're uninformed which just takes us right back to the whole mm -hmm. beginning and how, how we segued right yep. into this whole no, situation this is like you know the keyboard warriors they see somebody doing something on the internet so they're like I'm gonna Google it and figure out a better plan in five minutes and go blast them <laughs> on Facebook. Yeah. Know, we all seen it, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And, and then you know, this this is that. Meanwhile, the pros can just shoot holes in the argument. Like, well, here's yeah. why that might work for somebody, but for this guy, it's not the right plan because he wants yeah. to do X, mm -hmm. Y, and Z. And because yeah. otherwise, let's go buy a brand new Hellcat engine, mm -hmm. buy a brand new Hellcat supercharger, buy a brand new Hellcat everything, yeah. and then buy all the upgrades, and then. I mean, yeah, shit, at yeah. that point. We're and then you're right where you are. Yeah, more with than... A 6.2 with non-custom-made uh, 625 ARP head studs without the fuel system that we're specking, with mm -hmm. a smaller blower with less displacement. Yeah. And not as many horsepower. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's just silly, silly argument. Well, especially if, you, especially if you're not following... Like, obviously, I know a lot about the car because I, you know, I own a Hellcat. Yeah. And so I've been following, right? You know... You, Depending on what you read, you know, Dodge themselves will make like a wide body seem like it's got a lot more than just fender flares and bigger wheels and tires. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really, no. you know, mm -hmm. especially over, you know, if you take a Hellcat and add a wide body kit to it, some of the stuff that they talk about, it's already, it already comes in a Hellcat, yeah. right? You know, mm -hmm. performance dampening suspension. Yeah, it's already got that. <laughs> it, it's, 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 so, you know, what am I really getting for that mm -hmm. money? I mean, they look awesome, you know. Oh, I, yeah. I wasn't sure about them to begin with, but you know, but you know, now I, I really, you know, really became a fan of the look. But back to the, the the selection of parts thing. I can't remember who it was. You were mentioned that your buddy put like a, a Gretty intake on something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, so I also think this is a thing is is that people gravitate sometimes to like the name brands that they're mm. they're familiar with. And, and you know, I've al I've always run into this on the repair side of things. Like, take a Felpro gasket, for example. It is probably the single worst head gasket you could ever put in a Subaru. And I'm on record saying that. Like, there, there, I there would is, say the yeah. worst gasket you could put on anything. Yeah, it's like legit. Probably one of the single worst head gaskets you could put in a Subaru. But yet, you know, I see them all the dang time. Because a general repair 
repair shop puts that in because they're really uninformed about you like, hey, oh, yeah. the mm -hmm. Felpro works great in this small block Chevy. It works great mm -hmm. in this Ford product. It probably works okay, you know, in some other applications as well. But it's because just, you can get it in an hour. But so it's it's just <laughs> that, it's, but it's that it's also just that that name recognition. Yep. The Felpro has a name in the marketplace, mm -hmm. like Greddy has a name in the marketplace, and Perrin has a name in the marketplace. But here's the thing, there, and in some situations, maybe that's okay for that application, but you know, their other products are not okay for this application. And mm -hmm. I think that a lot of our customers get caught up in that, like, well, hey, you know, uh, Perrin makes a great blank, right? But let's, yeah. we could talk about sway bars, you know, and go, well, maybe not so much, right? You know, um, <laughs> I'd like to segue this into something else I saw the other day What's on that? the internet. Okay, cool. <laughs> Say internet one more time, motherfucker. <laughs> Shut up. All right, listen. So, all right, so specifically, you know, uh, big names that have recognition producing parts that are actually worse for your car than the actual performance benefit. I won't name names, but one of the parts I see are lightweight crank pulleys <laughs> that are not harmonic dampening. Yeah. And to see this company talk their shit up like it's the best thing since sliced bread, and you know, it just was like, what the heck? They're just totally they're they're selling a lie. Of course, you know, they're like you know, hey, buy some re extra response for your engine and kill it at the same time. This goes way way back to when I was in school. Uh, there's a air filter company, which I'm just go ahead and won't name either, right? Mm -hmm. And they would show like graft, you know, like before and after, right? You know, power levels. The part that they left out is they were taking out an air filter that was freaking completely clogged just about. <laughs> right. Like this wasn't, this isn't like, hey, we took a brand new blank off of the showroom floor and immediately installed, you know, mm -hmm. our intake kit and then dynoed it, right? We dynoed it before, and then we dynoed it after to show you the power gains. Like, no, this is a car that, you know, like 40,000 miles, we, you know, we, we, we did a before and after so we could actually show results, right, you know? And it's not, so, you know, I saw it, man, and it was like, that's what they were doing. Like, well, shouldn't you compare like a car with a clean air filter and a stock air box versus a car with a stock air box and a false representation? And, 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 and you know, you can't even see the light of day through the thing, you know? See, but this, you just hit it right there. It is false representation, but nobody's going to nail them because the people who know don't use them, mm -hmm. and the people who don't buy them all day long. Yeah. <laughs> if you go to any serious performance shop, they're going to be like, oh, we're going to upgrade your crank damper? Cool. We're getting an ATI. And there's just no question. It's like we're putting an ATI on there. Or a fluid damper. damper. Sure. And, yeah. like, yeah. those are the two tomato, tomato. the two options. And if you, like, do you want non-serviceable, good-for-life fluid damper? Do you want rebuildable or customizable? You get an ATI. And nobody's just going to talk about anything else. They're not going to say, oh, I'm going to get random brand X lightweight skeletonized pulley and then harmonic my crankshaft to death. <laughs> or clutch drag. Or right. Other stuff. Or misfire codes. Or some of the older yeah, ones. Dude, right? Right. Yeah. Stop doing it. Ask for help. Don't like, do it. I, it's a trap. Don't expect us to give out our recipe yeah. because I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna respectfully. I'm not gonna email somebody. Hey, here's all the things that we would do. But I'll give you an estimate. Mm -hmm. And like we said earlier, it's not always about. 
it's not it's not always about you know money and parts, but sometimes it is. We we do want to get paid for our expertise. We have to exist. And if we don't get paid for our expertise, we'll cease to exist. It's just that simple. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that if people would approach us, like I don't think, I think people really struggle to understand that they're not saving as much money as they as they believe they are. Especially with, you know, you can't, you can't legitimately, you know, and I'm sure maybe there's a couple of companies here and there, but you can't legitimately buy anything anymore and not pay Washington state sales tax, regardless of where you're buying it from. (laughs) There, you know, there's probably some people that have some workarounds, but that was, I understood it more when people could save, you know, 10%, right? Yeah. You know, but now that that has really gone by the wayside i understand it less because the mm-hmm. price you know for the good quality stuff yep. the companies that practice you know map or msrp type pricing um you know we're, we're not going to be that much more expensive if we're more expensive and in exchange for that you get you know somebody looking the part over and mm-hmm. is going to work with the manufacturer in the event that there is a problem which you know things happen you know uh we get we get stuff all the time that we've got an RMA because there's some sort of an issue with it. And, mm-hmm. and Those it, rods, and, right? Got it, bad connecting rods this week. Yeah, that happens. Like that's why you're blueprinting a motor, right? You don't just assume they're good out of the box because yeah. they weren't. Right. No, imagine had we not not gone the step to blueprint it. Well, how and, many places don't? Or if it was a customer that just brought us their rods, yeah. right? You know, rather than us supplying them, we would have been less inclined. If we had blueprinted it, we would have we would have caught it. But the difference is, is that we were. They have to deal with it. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't. This isn't a phone call or a, an email or a text to the customer to say these rods you brought us have a problem. Instead, it's like it, it's just it's just letting the customer know where we're at. Hey, there's a small delay in your build because we discovered in blueprinting that there was a problem with the rods. We've worked on the with the you know the vendor on your behalf, and we're we're, we're just moving on. We've got new parts coming. Yep. Uh, that's the, that's the big difference, and and if you don't want that level of service, you, you, you're you're buying a part for if it, let's just say you know it's the same price, and maybe somehow you're saving sales tax. What you're also not getting is is, is service, and whether it's at us or at, at another shop like ours, um, it's the, it's really the same thing because we don't have a policy that's any you know that's that much different than anybody yeah. else. Um, in some ways, I think that we're, you know, probably a little more friendly, mm-hmm. you know. I would agree. I think uh, something that grinds my gears is people that modify their cars without acknowledging that that means that you have to maintain your car differently and more aggressively. True story. <laughs> True story. You put an intake on your car, you need to clean the air filter. What? It sounds so simple to us, yeah. but like... Just because the box is a little more permanent looking doesn't mean you can't take the lid off. Right. And clean it. And, and clean it. it. Yeah. That should be part of your maintenance schedule. You should not go over 3,000 miles on your turbocharged Subaru ever for any reason. If you're running ethanol, 2,500. Like, yeah. You have to be aggressive with the maintenance. That means when you're modifying your car, it costs more to maintain because you have to be more aggressive with the maintenance on it. What about aggressive driving and tracking? Yeah, absolutely. If you're, if the more aggressive you are with your car, both modifications and driving style, the more aggressive you need to be with the maintenance on the vehicle. It might even. It's not. It's not like the Outbacks that they're servicing an all-wheel drive auto. There are just daily drivers that everybody drives. It is a unique vehicle that has to be maintained to how you drive it. 
also with that, I think that a lot of times people forget about the fact that one of the key reasons for changing fluids is to remove the, the, the particles that have worn from whether it's the engine or the transmission or the rear differential. And when you, if you're going to drive a car spirited, you're mm -hmm. going to increase the amount of wear that's going to occur in between services. And if you stretch those services out, you know, the, it, it, I don't care what it is. Most oil filters will be in bypass mode if you stretch your oil change out too far. And so rather than any, you know, particulate matter, you know, fine little bits of, you know, shavings, metal, or just carbon, right? Um, carbon's the big one. Uh, it's no longer circulating through the air oil filter, it's circulating around the oil filter, mm -hmm. and then that just makes the problem worse. And then, you know, the next thing you know, rather than getting, you know, 150,000 miles out of your performance car, you know, you, you've got 70, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, yeah. and that's kind of a letdown because you can, as long as you treat it right, you can, you, you can drive it hard and, and, and obtain good use out of it. Right. Yeah. Uh, I've, that's one thing I always used to tell people constantly, like even just a weekend out at autocross or something, it's like, dude, that's the equivalent of 3,500 miles. Right. Dump it. Dump the oil. Yeah. yeah. Dump it's the, the oil. cheapest thing you Dump can it. do. It's not just the wear though. The, it's the heat cycling and yep. the temperatures. Yeah. You yeah. Know, that, yep. The gearbox. The oil breaks down. Yeah. 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 And yeah. once it breaks down, it's, you know, it will lose its lubricating properties and like yeah it's present in your, your, yeah. your gearbox but or your diff but it goes back it goes back to the <laughs> the word paul's favorite word there are guys on the internet man that will spend oh fucking half an hour arguing with you or longer about why they don't need to change their oil as often yeah, so you want to talk about what grinds my gears it's it, it's people <laughs> that haven't studied a damn thing about automotive right they really don't know anything They've just, you know, might have read an internet internet article here and there, but they're not understanding their situation might not like line up with what it is that you know they're reading, right? They don't really understand, like, you know, and owners manuals make it, you know, and we're just on a stock thing, they make it confusing because they want to make the cost of ownership appear lower, and they also want you to buy a damn car, yep. right? There's <laughs> there is there is no money to be made if you don't need another car after you buy this one. There's no then automakers would cease to exist. Yep, best car ever is going to last you forever. That's just not a thing. And then you know now you modify the car or or it's performance oriented, and then like you said, it's got to be maintained completely different. But people, oh no, it's got this blank synthetic oil. You know, I don't have to do that. You know, and it's like, okay, did no. you send your? It, it would it would love it if somebody would say, this is what I do. I actually send my oil out to be sampled. And, you know, if, if based on that test, it says I need to change it, I change it to which I would say, you know, why, why even do all that, all that work to, you know, yeah. to change the oil and filter. Oh, and then uh, $150 for an oil change is a lot cheaper than 15 K for a motor. It's confirmation. Like. <laughs> they're, they're looking for any piece of information that supports what they already think they, they know, know or want well, to do. You know what? I'm gonna, I'll throw this one we'll website out. Bob is the oil yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. He has a great website, and there's a lot of really good information. Then there's like, you know, some people, you know, that don't know what they're talking about, but then they're very quickly get told that they're wrong, you know, yeah. and get proven wrong. But you'll see a lot of guys on there will be, you know, they they will do exactly what you're saying. 
they'll send their oil in at like specific intervals just you know their daily commuter car yeah. you know to see how long they can use that oil before they have to change it yeah. before it breaks down before there's too much particulate and to in. me you know what that's like that's like standing on the wrong end of a damn tree branch with a saw in your hand and seeing how much you can saw off before you fall the fuck off that's, like that's what it is I wonder how much more I can saw before I fall off this tree that's what it is. that's what that is to me that's what I see when I read yeah. stuff like that is I'm like oh come on man change your fucking oil <laughs> it's not like it's expensive. It's not. Like I have expensive cars. It's legitimately expensive. It's the thing is, it's more inconvenient than it is expensive to a lot of people. Mm. And I don't know if it's that inconvenience thing that you know, just that's the deciding factor that you know, I'd, I'd rather go the route of sending. I'd rather take a sample, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I yeah. get it. You know, you got. Usually take time out of your you know, yeah. personal or work day to. But there's all sorts of. But the thing is, is the guys that are typically arguing about how long they can go in their fluids. Those are the guys that are doing it themselves. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I just, just don't get it. No, they're just. They're That's just, just. There you go. There's the crux of everything. I just don't understand it. So perfect example of the whole oil change analogy. Because uh, I've had tons of people argue with me about me and my buddy's track car stuff. They're like, oh, just go with cheap oil and just change it every, uh, you know, every time. I'm like, nah, fuck all that. We'd use good oil, good filters, and we would change it for every event and after every event and everything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a lot of money and oil changes. Guess what? That engine lasted us eight years. There you go. Of vicious abuse. Yeah. So... And for a drift car, you, you gotta admit, eight years of vicious abuse on the on an engine—that's pretty. Sounds like a Jay Z. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds what, like what a, you like, a you're like three three years already, right? How many different oils have you gone through on your car, trying to find different? A, yeah, different oils. Three. Three. Well, I mean, because you run E now too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Every event now. Yeah. And the motor is as old as I am, so. <laughs> <laughs> I went off topic. No I comment. wanted to bring up was for the e cars. I think Motul has an E85 specific oil. You should consider looking into. Oh, for really? Cars that are hmm. running e all the time. Uh, IAG recommendations are a 300V. 300V. Yeah. They want you on 300V with 2,000 to 2,500 intervals. So hmm. they they like they've said this is what you should be on. Right. Yeah. And if we can lead the horse to the water and make it drink, then that's what they'll be on. Yeah. 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 The same with DI engines. Motul just came out with like a new oil for DI engines to hmm. help with the low speed. Uh, well, that there you go. There's the difference between Motul, who is you know trying to lead in cutting edge you know lubricant yeah. you know uh, mm-hmm. property you know products um, versus you know some other companies that are kind of really just selling the same stuff you know yeah. different labels but it's the same stuff I mean I've got some you know names in my mind that they really haven't changed <coughs> anything about their product their at all whatsoever additive packages are pretty generic mm-hmm. for some of the big names that are you know, yeah. right and they yeah. haven't changed in decades but think yeah. of what's happened with fuels and think about what's happened with you know engines yeah. you know and engine you know fueling technology you know yeah. there's a few boutique oil companies out there that are you know a step above 
like the generic, I guess. I call it generic because they're the big names, you know? Yeah. But, you know... Like name brand. Motul and, you know, a little-known name, Pure Oil, you know? Mm-hmm. But there's some other companies... Brad Penn, Schaefer's... Where, you know, yeah. from around the world that don't even see the shores of the U.S. very often that are really good oils. Yeah. I, this is years ago. I'm actually on a test drive with this really sweet old lady and... You know, her. You know, it was just her at this point, right? You know, all of the families moved away. Her husband passed away. Her brothers passed away. Her dad's passed away. Obviously, anyways, I'm on this test drive with her, and she asked me what oil we used on her on her car, right? And you know, I told her what we were using, which at that point in time was Castrol GTX 5W30 synthetic blend. That was the Subaru program back then, right? Um, and she she was upset because her dad. Right? Now this is her dad. Now this lady was. 70 right i'm on the test drive with her she was pretty sharp but she was she was she was up there and she said well she was really upset by that because her dad had told her don't ever use anything in your car but good old pennsylvania crude right and i and i'm like so that you know that means pennzoil right that's what that is and i you know i'm trying to didn't have the heart to tell her i'm like yeah that's just not where the oil's coming from these days you know at, the, at this point in time right and um that just goes back to that whole brand perception in the marketplace. Like yeah, somebody yeah. hears something at a family gathering, you know, once upon a time, and here they are 20 years later, you know, when it really matters to them, they think, and then they're not making, they're not making a decision based on anything correct. They're just making it on what they heard that might've been legitimate advice, you know, back then, but it sure isn't now. Yeah. Back to the education thing. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We're here to educate just have to engage us. Yes. Oh, absolutely. We're happy to have conversations.